My name is Jason Attu. I'm the CEO and president of Gold Standard Ventures, which is a Nevada-based gold developer that's listed both on the Toronto Stock Exchange and the New York Stock Exchange with a market capitalization today somewhere around $170 million. The company has been around for context for about 10 years, and I was brought in as the president and CEO about 18 months ago. So what attracted me to this company was threefold. First, low capital, high return projects in Nevada's Carlin trend are truly, truly rare. Our investors get exposure to a mineral endowment of about 3 million Nevada Carlin trend ounces. And um, for context, I, I've been aware of Gold Standard for some time, dating back to when I was the Chief Financial Officer, the CFO at Gold Corp, and Chair of our Investment Committee, which made a strategic investment in GSV a number of years ago. Second, I, I knew I'd be able to reconstitute and reshape the leadership team to one that possesses mind-building expertise. Um, and to be clear, this is a strategic reset for the company. The strategy at Gold Standard has evolved away from the higher risk exploration to now being singularly focused on taking the necessary steps to become a producer. But again, without forgetting the roots of a company in, in that what I believe we have a, the most prospective land package for which we can explore and add ounces to an already an enviable 10-year operating mine life. And, and lastly, um, timing. Timing can be everything in, in the business. And I, I believe the new team has advanced our project to an inflection point whereby the value creation is now embedded in a re-rating that will follow as we de-risk our railroad project. We just put out our feasibility study about 12 weeks ago. Um, and so this year we'll be advancing our permitting, securing our construction capital, as well as we got another field season to drill out both near mine life extensions as, as well as some very prospective targets on our land package. Okay, Jason, I appreciate that uh, fulsome introduction. Um, first time we've met or spoken, so it's, it's pretty cool to kind of um, get into your um, story. Um, it might be worth just talking a little bit about your back. You gave us a little clue there about what you did, but maybe give us a bit more background and also what was it that you were brought in to try and do? I guess it's aligned to that kind of strategic change. So. Yeah, mind. Yeah, no. So I've been career miner and career in mining. I've been in mining for over 25 years. Started um, on the finance side with investment banking. <laughs> so worked on mainly precious precious metals. <clears throat> some of the most formative transactions. Um, some of the, the the most significant growth companies as well. Some of the established advising and financing. So very familiar with that aspect. And then I moved over to the corporate side where I went to Gold Corp, which at that time was the second largest gold company in the world, culminating in the, the, the merger with, with Newmont um, just over three years ago now. And, and so, as I said, the exposure and the context everyone should have is I really do believe Nevada is a sacred jurisdiction. Gold Corp didn't have any assets in, in Nevada at the time where I was the CFO was, as well as running the corporate development group. And, and so our, our team at Gold Corp scoured everything to look for the best in class projects in Nevada. And we came across a company called Gold Standard Ventures that at, that, at the time didn't have a, um, a study and economic study associated with it, but was incredibly perspective. We invested money. I chaired the investment committee. Um, and, so, and so I really do believe in this project. I, again, it's not that I, I joined 18 months ago, but it's, I've got six years of history and understanding of, of the project. 
um, to, to, to the point now where, as I said, we've got a feasibility study. It looks incredibly robust. Um, the internal rate of returns at 1650 golds, um, which is quite conservative, over 40%, 45%, um, very low capital intensity, under 200 million to, to build this. And, and so we're working very hard this year to uh, secure the construction capital. And again, move this, as I said, from a st strategic perspective, from an exploration company into one that's really will be valued off cash flow and um, be a producing company in the very near term. Right, but you're not completely ignoring the exploration um, components because you you just announced a, a 2022 exploration program. So I, I guess you, you're not entirely focused on just the asset, but you want to advance that. But you, the, the normal rules apply here. Exploration is a big part of your future growth profile. Yeah, no, there's, again, we have the second largest land package next to the, the joint venture called Nevada Gold Mines, which is the two largest gold companies in the world being Barrick and, and Newmont. Um, in the Carlin trend, we can actually see their properties from, from where we sit. And so you're absolutely right. The, the project itself that we've got the economics on is a subset of our land package. And so this year, for the first time in a number of years, because the focus for, for the drilling program was really all the infill drilling and the drilling, the drilling that's really supported the feasibility study. Um, for the first time in a number of years, we're actually getting some, some really interesting exploration targets that are geologists. We've got a new geological team that's been around for almost a year now. They've reinterpreted all the data layers, all the, the, the information historically. There's like a lot of information, again, in, in the Carlin trend, identified a number of targets that both have some resources on it, um, some, some do not, with the purpose of being twofold. The, the first being we've, we've got a really good core in our, in our project or our 10-year mine life. Um, and, and so we, we clearly would like to, to add more ounces to that and to extend the mine, mine life. So there is some exploration going on. For the most part, our exploration is about 50% on oxides and 50% on sulfides. And so our project is 100% oxides, meaning that it's a technically straightforward heat leach run of mine operation. There's no mill associated with it. There's no complex processing. It's essentially putting the ore on a leach pad um, and, and, and essentially leaching off, off, off the gold. So part of our exploration program is to find more of those oxide ounces. But the optionality with the project is, again, there's some significant sulfide um, that typically sits underneath these oxide uh, pits or, or pods that we're going to go out and, and, and drill significantly um, for, for a couple of reasons. First and foremost is we have two pits in our current mine plan, one called the Dark Star Pit, one called the Pinion Pit. Right underneath our, our Dark Star Pit, or when we actually mine, we're going to be mining about 32,000 ounces of sulfide ore that's just going to sit above ground because um, that does require a processing facility. Um, and, and so in order for us, in, in our mind, in order for us to get a, a, a full processing agreement that's commercially viable for our shareholders, we're going to need a bit more than the 32,000 ounces, although it's a good base. And, you know, if you think about the gold price right now on an in-situ basis is nearly $60 million of, of value sitting again above, above ground that would be that would be, be mine. Um, I think the, the point would be we're, we're going to go out and drill some sulfide targets. We, you know, be very straightforward. I don't think Gold Standard um, is going to be a company that's going to be putting a new mill processing facility in, in Nevada. There's plenty of capacity if you think of our neighbors. 
First Majestic being one of them and Nevada Gold Lines being the other, the third one being I-80 out there that does have processing capacity. Um, and so we, we just want to go out and elucidate those ounces because that has really made some of the companies in the past. That's really what made Barrick historically is a, a few holes completely changed the complexity of the company. We think we've got really good indicators and pathfinder elements from the historic dip drilling and the data interpretation that our geologists have, ge ge geologists have, have done um, uh, have done in the last 12 months or so that we're going to go out and we've got approximately a 6,000 meter program to do that. And the way we do our, our drilling um, now is we stage gate it. So this would be the first stage or the first gate in, in terms of the capital. And if they're successful, we'll get more capital. Effectively, where we are in Nevada, we can drill 12 months of the year. Um, and so our drills will start turning next week. So we're pretty excited about getting the results back in the very near term for our investors. Okay, so, so I want to I um, come back to this point. That you, so of the three points, you know, um, new, new strategy uh, intrigues me because obviously uh, Larry Radford's left recently, you're in 18 months ago, you moved from sort of predominantly explorer into potential, you know, producer. So the board's going to have to, you know, ro rotate out what one presumes or what be added to in some, some meaningful way. So um, can you, can, can you, well, one, is that the case or, or have you got everyone on board that you need? So from, from a board perspective or from a management yeah. perspective? Well, well, I guess operationally you'll need the skill sets, but also the, the board, the board too yeah, is look, going to have to make do, some of the right decisions. We, we do right? have some really good, yeah, we've, we've got some really good bench strength. Um, again, we're a very lean team. So we've got approximately 20 employees right now. We're, we're looking for this project to do what's, what's called an EPCM, which will require uh, an owner's team. And so we're building out that owner's team. We do need um, a chief operating officer, but in the interim, we've got some really, really decent and very experienced 35, 40 year individuals that have run projects, built projects historically, and metallurgists that again, it's just, just top, top drawer. Um, and, and, and so you're absolutely right. Our chief operating officer did move on to a bigger, more established company to be their chief executive officer. So, 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 but he, he still really believes in, in the project um, and arguably the stepping off point where we had a feasibility out and, and now we're obviously moving into, you know, first of all, getting financing and then second with construction. So we, we do need to, to hire a, um, a, a number of um, high quality, talented individuals, but I, but I can tell you that the, the search process we have now, we're just being overwhelmed by the quality of individuals, firstly. Second, again, our project is you know, approximately 10 miles from, from Elko. Elko, Nevada is a very well-established base for very high quality, high talented, experienced operators. Um, and, and, and so again, this is not a, a remote operation. This is not people in, in Elko very well established. We, we think um, as, as, we, as we move forward and de-risk the company, mainly from a financing perspective, um, once we get our, our financing and look, the guidance that we've, we've given is Q3, Q4, we'll have our construction capital all, all tied up. That That's when we're really gonna be able to build out our, our owner's team, including, you know, we're, we're, we're anticipating having a chief operating officer announced in the next months any, anyway, that um, again, when you, when you have a project that looks at a, a current spot, and I know spots come off, the internal rate of return is, um, you know, over 64%, 
with a net present value of half a billion dollars, a payback period under a year and a half. And it's important to note that the numbers I'm talking about are unlevered returns. So you add a little leverage and our, our target for leverage is approximately 75% from non-equity sources. You're getting to a, a rate of return of near 100%. There's very, very few projects, especially in Nevada, that have this prospectivity in a world-class jurisdiction like Nevada that, that's comparable. So again, not not too surprised that we're, we're getting really good high caliber individuals uh, wanting to join GSV because we're part of a growth company. Yeah, the, the, the numbers are really good. And like I say, we'll, when we get a chance to sort of dig into them in, in a second, but I'm sort of intrigued about the, the, the process and the, the, the brain power um, engaged here because you know if I look at the the, the, the changes in from the feasibility through, sorry, the pre-feasibility through to the feasibility study, you kind of rotated out the, the crushing and, and, and the toll processing of the of the sulfide ore. Uh, you know, so you've cha you've changed things up there. You've added sixty million bucks to the process, but how much was that uh, a case of the timing? Because you know, timing you said is important. It, you know, we've seen other companies put out economic studies at the beginning of the year peak inflation across the board uh, for, for a cap, capex type uh, profile. Um, how, how much did it affect you? Were you kind of slightly nervous about putting a, a economic study out at that point? Or was it a case of like the numbers and the margins are so good, it's kind of irrelevant for us? Yeah, look, again, it's a low capital intensity project. The initial capital we put out in the feasibility is 190 million. But I would say that that's, again, we're not immune to the inflationary environment, even though, again, we've got no, no mill associated. Again, it's a, a straightforward. All we really need is the ADR facility, the refining facility, plus a, a small power plant. Um, so to the extent that we'd be impacted around kind of the inflationary aspects, it's really only, you know, it, again, we're not, not immune to it. And this is a current study. Um, but there's things like diesel that we have to think through and, and consumables and that's going to obviously impact our operating costs, such as cyanide and other things that we, we do need um, for, for our mine operations. But I would argue, um, again, maybe we're not seeing it today, but if, if we continue to be in this very um, high inflationary environment and see headwinds around both capital, it, both initial capital and sustaining capital, we should see some significant tailwinds with respect to our commodities. So the margin um, that, that we have should, um, should, should be made. But again, we're not immune to, and we're certainly aware of what's going on with the inflationary aspects. What we're trying to do to mitigate these is secure and uh, the, the capital costs. Like, again, it's not a, a huge fleet, but we have, we're gonna have a small fleet. Um, it's really one drill and about eight trucks that we're going to start with um, to lock in uh, effectively that capital um, and, and get long leads um, dealt with in the next few months um, and, and doing other things to, again, again, mitigate any sort of further expansion or, or creep of the $190 million. We don't expect it's going to be significant, but again, we're, we're doing, doing the work and we're, we're making sure we do everything we can control um, but you also have to remember from a timing perspective, we, we expect um, to, to be in our first gold, you know, mid-2024. Uh, we expect to get uh, our, our permits um, effectively sometime around this time next year. And it's about an eight to 12 month construction build. And then it's obviously some time for commissioning and get to first gold. So, um, you know, don't know what the environment's going to be when we, we actually really do need to start putting <clears throat> all the, 
the capital down, you know, this time next year. But as I said, if it's we're, we're in this inflationary environment, certainly our margins will will will, will reflect that, and they'll, they'll be very good margins for an asset like um, what we have here in the Carlin Trend in Nevada. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think given, like you say, whatever, sixty-two percent after tax IRR is. Is, is really good news. I think some of the more marginal projects might be uh, so, somewhat nervous, um, uh, you know, look, looking forward. Um, right, th- th- so those are the things that are sort of in your control and some of the things that are not in your control. I mean, one of the other things not in your control is around obviously permitting. Um, can you tell us a little bit of what's going on down there in the US? Because we've seen, we've seen companies struggling in terms of permitting timelines in, in, in Idaho and California, uh, you know, and, and obviously Nevada's got a good history, but what's it like? I on the ground? So, yeah, it's a great question. Um, the lead agency, uh, b- because we're, we're, we have what's called kind of the checkerboard pattern, the traditional checkerboard pattern in, in Nevada, which is a, both um, private and, and um, federal lands, we, we do have to go through the EIS process. And so the lead agency is the Bureau of Land Management in Nevada. We put our plan of operations in a while ago, a year and a half ago now. So we're certainly in the, the permitting process. The, the next step in, in terms of the lead agency, the Bureau of Land Management or BLM, as people might know it, is essentially what's called the notice of intent. And so the notice of intent that gets filed on the federal registry then allows us to, to go out and finalize with uh, the BLM and their consultant uh, their, their independent consultants, um, the, the, the draft in, in environmental impact statement. We're also at that point allowed to do all the, the scoping, the stakeholder um, consultation uh, with respect to, to our project. And that can take approximately a year to get to the, the final EIS. Um, so the guidance that, that we're, we're, we're giving is we expect to get the notice of intent uh, you know, in the, in the, this quarter. Um, and then it takes approximately, if we look at precedence historically, it takes approximately 12 months from that filing of the notice of intent to the record of decision. And um, so, again, it's a pretty straightforward project. We, as I said, we can see all sorts of mining operations. This is a historic mining area. We can see all sorts of mining operations from Newmont and, and others from our property. Um, there are things that we do need to do from a permitting perspective or mitigation perspective with respect to sage grouse, for example. Um, but Nevada does have what's called the, a, a sage grouse mitigation plan where you can actually buy credits. Sage grouse are, are a bird that, um, that are, are protected that we just have to obviously be cognizant and care- careful when, when we're doing our mining. We're not disturbing the breeding grounds, for, for example. But there is there is a test and tried process for which you can actually purchase the sage grouse credits and or what we're, we're investigating right now that um, would would be more capital efficient and, and for, from a little company like Gold Standard is we can actually go out and purchase appropriate land provided that again the Nevada State uh, Wildlife agrees it could be. Um, appropriate for for sage grouse breeding areas or sage grouse protection. Um, so th- again, th- there's paths through that. Once we do get what's called the record of decision, there are other permits clearly that we need, including air quality and, and water quality. But um, it's a pretty tied, tried, tested, proven uh, process. The the encouraging thing is we've got really good engagement with the BLM in Nevada. 
um, the the individuals again quite well experienced and they haven't changed. If you think it's not a political organization, um, and and so there's some really good consistency with respect to the the individuals there that I've seen many of these projects. But this is not a huge project, um, and 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 so our expectations, as I said, roughly about a year from now, we'll get a record of decision. And then it's about an eight to twelve month construction period. Okay, so it's a well understood uh, process. Um, BLM have come across many, many, many times on many, many projects, which is great. I'm fascinated by the, this, these, the sage grass component. Uh, I've never heard of that before. It probably wouldn't do well in the month, in the, in the month of August over here in the UK when it's, when it's shooting season. Um, so, but let, let, let's talk about some of the other things. We just, in terms of just drill down there a little bit, because we've seen, you know, obviously some states get a bad. Right. But the reality is it's, it's sort of, you know, it's what you do at a county level and your relationships at a county level and local level that can sort of drive the, the, um, the kind of the social license, as it were. Um, again, what, wh- what are some of the things that you're doing at, you know, ground level to ensure that you get the support of the community, that there aren't any issues? There's no kind of NGO sponsor- sponsored activity. There's no activism. Um, what, 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 what is, what's working for you? Yeah. No, it's a really good question. So I think. Our, our railroad, South Railroad project is quite unique in that, as I mentioned, Elko and Elko County, Elko is the biggest community there. This project actually resides within Elko County. So all the, the, the benefits, and there's a bunch of socioeconomic benefits when we're up and going, we'll be employing anywhere between, you know, at peak close to 300 people, but on a steady state around a couple hundred people. So the, there is obviously the, the socioeconomic impact, but I think more importantly, from a revenue perspective and a tax perspective, all that actually accrues to Elko County, where some of the other bigger operators um, that actually doesn't come into to, to, to Elko County, it actually comes into Eureka and, and, and other space just on their operations. So we, we think, um, and again, we've, we've obviously t- talked to some of the council people, some of the senators, um, so some some of the the individuals. There's a real political will for for this project. It clearly is creating a, a number of jobs, a number of social benefits. Um, it's obviously got a, a, a ten year mine life, eleven if you include the kind of construction period. Um, and and so there's lots of um, benefits from a socioeconomic perspective. And and look, this is this this is obviously I come from from a big company. This is one of, I think, one of many assets that I would like to within Gold Standard. The vision of Gold Standard is just not this one keep leach project. It's a very robust project and it's a foundation asset for the company. But what we would like to do is, is put a series of these low capital intensity um, open pit keep leach operations within one vehicle. And, and so once we actually can prove that from an execution perspective, and give us a visibility around permitting and, and, and start executing around commercial production. We, we will be very active in, again, from a shareholder, uh, and I'm a big shareholder of this company, by the way, from a shareholder wealth perspective, that we're doing smart transactions that build scale and relevance, specifically in Nevada. Okay. Talk to me about the money side of things again, because you, you initial ca- uh, capital costs of about 190 million, circa 190 million. Um, cost of capital is always important. I know the numbers and the physical studies are on leverage. So, you know, that there's, there's perhaps, you know, more margin to be made there. But, um, and it's a big project, right? You're talking about over 150 million uh, answers for the first four years. It's attractive. So have those conversations uh, started, 
you know, and you know, what sorts of um, groups are you looking to raise the money from? Because there's going to be an equity component for sure. Where's that coming from? And obviously, debt. I guess there's a few options on the table given the cash you'll be throwing throwing off. Yeah. Um, now that the feasibility is a really good question. There, there's three real catalysts for for investors looking. You're absolutely on point. It's around construction financing. So the first point that I'd like to make, we, ha- we have a really good partner in Orion Mind Finance. They are a 7% shareholder of ourselves. Um, they also, about 18 months ago, committed to a US $200 million construction capital facility. So again, to a large extent, you know, our project is de-risked by a very well-known financier called Orion Mind Finance. Um, we're in the process right now. Um, so, so we hired a, a, a debt advisory firm called Cutfield to lead the process, which Orion is participating in. Um, and, and so we're, we're, we need to ensure as shareholders we get the most competitive financing package possible for a high quality project like, like Railroad. As I said, the, 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 the guidance that this management team is Q3 or Q4 uh, so we're, we're right in the process right right now of talking firstly um, to, to our strategic partner or Orion um, as, as well as some of the other debt providers but but you're you're also correct in that um, you know the 200 million from from Orion mine finance you, you know from from our perspective I, I mentioned earlier 75 percent from non-equity sources there's still that 25 percent equity and so we just need to think through that given again, where all the developers are <laughs> with, with, with respect to the, the current valuation and um, you know, the pressure that we've all been facing. Our, our, our strategy is to announce the arrangement of the debt, which again, would be a huge de-risking aspect then followed by whatever equity net we require to fully finance the project. That news, as I said, will be coming out Q3, Q4 of this year. Okay, okay. Well, I'm glad there's that competitive tension and it's not just a kind of shoe in for uh, Orion just because they're an equity holder. Um, that, that, that's, that's good news indeed. Okay, well, um, Jason, I, I really appreciate you going, going through the project. It's really, really interesting the way they kind of, it's kind of evolved. Um, and your plans for the future and the fact that you are continuing to drill. And because, you know, 1.6 million ounces is, is interesting. But these days, you kind of need, you know, 2 million plus 3 million to kind of really kind of get noticed, don't you? Yeah, look, the 1.6 million is our reserves. And so that's what our our mine project, the 10 years that I talked about, you know, from a mine life extension. So we, we, as I said at the outset, we have a a total endowment across all our our properties, 3 million ounces. But no, no, that, that's fine. Again, that's our, our reserves and what we have in terms of what we've identified and, and we can put our hand on heart around free cash flow generation. You know, part of the exploration program, well, the, the, the drilling program this year is we, we actually start two pits, Dark Star and then Pinion. And Dark Star is just a fabulous pit because it's the highest grade. In fact, it will be the highest grade um, heap leach operation in all of Nevada now that Long Canyon Canyon's coming to do an end. Um, and 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 so it's the highest grade, lowest strip, and and so for the first five years, we're averaging close to 150,000 ounces at very very competitive costs. The pinion pits, the second pit, and and that's really where we're going to see some mine life extensions. Our drill program this year, because the pinion pits completely open to the south and the southeast, 
we're going to be doing a number of step out holes as well as infill holes to extend. Again, I call this the, um, the low hanging fruit just to really extend the pinion pit by, again, the expectation is anywhere between two and five years, but it's completely open. We just need to do the work and, and do the infill and the step out and pinion. These are, the, the pinion is, is uh, currently as we, as we see it and drilling could change things. It is lower grade than Dark Star. And that's why from a sequence perspective, we start obviously with Dark Star, the highest return, um, quick payback. And that's really what's driving the robust economics, but pinion still adds significant value. And, and so we're, we're gonna go out and, and essentially extend, extend our mine life. Um, but so that 1.6 million ounces, we, we fully expect to get to the 2 million. And, and then we have that whole property package uh, to go out and explore and find other satellite deposits. In fact, we've got a really interesting target to the Northeast, just three kilometers Northwest, just three kilometers of this, the, the railroad project, which we could easily truck that again, we're, we're going out and drilling as this is oxide that surface. And it looks a lot like dark star and the high grade low strip. We just have to do the work, um, but the inventory is good. Well, we, we do need to get the drills turning because we do think there's a number of satellite oxide deposits that will feed into the railroad project over time. Brilliant. Uh, like I say, Jason, I really appreciate that. I would love it if you came back and kind of got into a bit of detail with regards to the, you know, the exploration program and um, you know, you know what, your, what your plans are there, you know, the modeling for that. It'd be, it'd be great to hear from you. Um, but thank you again for today. Thank you very much. Appreciate your time.